Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball dominating a lot of the conversation here on this Tuesday morning. Why not? After what was a very, very entertaining home run derby that went Pete Alonso's way. But Peterson and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. putting on an absolute show. You got the Midsummer Classic tonight. Uh, let's welcome aboard uh, the very talented Adam Fisher, SNY MLB analyst, former executive with both the Mets and the Atlanta Braves, and he joins us now. Hey, Fish, Mark Malusis, and Andrew Bogus with you. Thanks, uh, thanks for a couple minutes this morning, but we certainly appreciate hey. it. Hey, I appreciate it, Moose. Thanks, man. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah you, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, you All got right, it, Adam. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a, I mean, you know, Adam, we were talking about earlier on, uh, you know, Andrew and myself. What, I mean, what a perform. What a, it was really a, a take it for what it is. We understand it's an exhibition, it's a home run derby, but. You know, the round with Peterson and Guerrero was fantastic. Alonzo had a game plan going in. I mean, I thought last night was a good night for Major League Baseball. Absolutely. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, certainly you're showcasing a bunch of young stars, three really good young players in, in the final. Well, four, really. If you want to, I mean, Peterson's been around a lot, but he's certainly not no no old guy, you know. So so four really good young players. Yeah, drama, um, you know, Clearly, home runs are are uh, are being pushed, and uh, and last night was was obviously one for the ages. The only having said that, the only sort of negative is that they do seem to just go out like like uh, like they're nothing, right? I mean, that's one thing that I feel has really evolved over the last twenty years or so. I don't know. I I'm not I'm not old here, but I just feel like. Some of these home runs aren't particularly earned. As, as fun as that was last <laughs> night, those balls are just popping out, you know. Yeah, but I guess if he if it goes four fifty and only should have gone four twenty, I mean I don't I don't know if we're if we're nipped. But I, but when you watch old videos like this morning, I saw a clip from '86 with Wally Joyner and Daryl Strawberry in the Astrodome, and Wally Joyner who shared the title with Strawberry. I don't know what the setup was that year, but I mean he's just kind of like it's BP, like he's not even swinging hard. And he's just putting him over the fence by a little bit. Like I, I I'd rather have the moonshots yeah. of last night. No, I, I think I, no doubt. I, I can't argue with that. I mean, it's absurdly entertaining. There's no question. Um, you got to You got to give them that. I just feel like just in terms of just in terms of how the ball goes, just off the bat, it, you, you know, it's hard to you. You used to be. I just. I guess to to differentiate, you used to just be able to. At least for me. I could feel like a homer. Wow, he really got that. And now it just seems like you don't necessarily know. It's off the end of the bat. It's not square contact. It's a pop up to right field and it goes out. Yeah. You know, those are those are the things that that I I kind of see that that are the issue. And but I I wouldn't disagree with with Andrew with with your concept there that it's certainly more entertaining to watch Vlad Guerrero and and Pete Alonso just take monster hacks and and leave everything on the table versus sort of a a leisurely game of BP, as I can imagine in my eye and my mind's eye, the way it went with with Wally Joyner, <laughs> yeah. right? Just sort of peppering, peppering them just over the wall. 
you know, Adam, for Alonzo here, um, is this, I mean, it almost seems too good to be true. I mean, 30 home runs in the first 90 games, the way that he conducts himself on the field, off the field, he's a great representation for that Met franchise. He's a young, slugging power hitter. Uh, you know, good look. At, it's almost like he's, you know, the perfect cornerstone piece for any franchise. It's 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 not, I wouldn't say crazy to say, but certainly Moose, you know, Six months ago, you and I would be would be uh, would be pretty uh, pretty surprised, you know. If, if well, geez, pretty surprised is, is quite an understatement. But we were just talking about whether they should send him down or not, and what they're going to do with with his service and all that, and and uh, you know whether he's going to be able to win the starting job all uh, when when it comes to the Mets, and and of course now, like you said, we're talking historic historic thirty homer pace. Uh, just a great guy for the franchise. I mean, one of the biggest things for me was the defense and whether he can handle it. Um, I know that's taking this in another track because offensively he's just unbelievable. But I think that another way just to give him credit is he was atrocious when I saw him in the minor leagues as, as a first baseman. And now he's, he's at least, I mean, he's just slightly below average. I think you, you would say pretty good on picks, pretty good on turning the double play. And I just think that speaks to his work ethic. It speaks to the type of person that he is, as you mentioned, Moose. And I think, yeah, he's. I guess to say, to, I'm just surprised at how quickly and um, just what a statement it, he's making. But but there's there's no doubt he's he's a guy for this franchise for the next six to eight years. And and if if the DH is coming to the National League, that's only good news for the Mets because the defense will decline at some point. But that's that's throwing cold water on what should be really pretty much 95%, 99% positive. Now, you just said for the next six to eight years, so let me, my next question was going to be in the form of a disgruntled, angry, fearful Met fan. How much longer until Alonzo doesn't want to be a Met anymore <laughs> oh, because they're the Mets and Met fans don't get to see his entire career in New York? Well, I mean, we, I guess but my, I, I take a step back and say six to eight years is a long time. And, Look, I, I, we, we know this pattern has, has tended to repeat itself, unfortunately. You know, you have, you have small, at least over the last however many years, uh, 25 years, you have small pockets of success followed by uh, uh, periods of, of probably more, of fourth, more fourth place than fifth place or third place to, to fourth place. Um, but, but obviously a lot can change. You have Jacob deGrom who wanted to be a Met. Um, and you know is, is is another great representative for this for this franchise. So the biggest thing for me is just the fact that because he's off to this historic pace, the whole concept of signing guys to extensions and uh, what was such a frenzy in the off season, um, it'll be a lot more challenging for the Mets to do that just based off of this rookie season right now. Um, there's not going to be. I mean, look, there's if you signed him maybe after the first three weeks, which would have been going out way on a limb. But right now, I guess the bottom line is there's no discount. If they want to get it done, uh, it's gonna they're gonna have to pay up probably premium for an extension. You know, Adam, you hit it on pot it uh, with your answer with with Andrew, and he posed the question. Uh, you know, the home run rate we're seeing strikeout rates up, home run rate up. Verlander was critical of it, uh, of where you know the baseball is and and the sport is. Said you know it'll come back in terms of small ball being reintegrated in, and not so many teams being reliant on the home run. You know, you've been around the game for a you know for your you know majority of your professional career, um, working with the Mets and the Braves. Um, when you look at 
2019 Major League Baseball, do you think what they've done here um, with the home run rate being as up as it is, do you think that's good for the sport? I, I mean, having we just discussed the home run derby and how entertaining it was and, and how much fun, but, but no, I mean, I, I really don't. Uh, the lack of action. A home run gives, gives a lot of bang for the buck, you know. I mean, that's, it's a really exciting event, obviously, but, but the lack of action, the strikeouts, the relievers, uh, you know, I'd almost, I'd almost uh, compare a bullpen now to, to like uh, an offensive line or something. You know, it's like they're completely on. Like, well, I guess if you're a fan of your team, maybe an offensive line is a bad, a bad analogy. But, but basically, there's just so many unknowns. Uh, you know, uh, these guys are up and down, in and out, and they're all throwing. You know, 95 to 100. It's it, it's crazy. I guess that's not really. Um, that's just sort of part of the evolution. And I got nothing against teams. Are looking for a competitive advantage. They're trying to find ways to win, and you can't. For me, you can't criticize that. You know, if 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 trying to find a way to win makes the game a little less entertaining, um, uh, that's the the team's mandate is to win. Uh, the entertainment should go along with winning, and I guess it's a little bit backwards right now to to give you a convoluted answer. I don't think it's the most entertaining product. I, I like to see more action. If it could be balanced out a little, I, I'd prefer home runs over small ball, no doubt. But I, I feel like it's out of balance. Adam, is there a is there a technological change that can bring this kind of back to balance, like you said, or is it just literally about theories for teams and how they want to go about their business? Maybe copycatting, you know, the Red Sox um, mixed in some situational baseball with the home runs to win the whole thing last year. If that happens again this year, is it just teams going in that direction, or can you see baseball actually changing something technical about the game to maybe help the pitchers out again? really it's it's tough to think well i mean the other the issue i guess is you've got the for me i the bottom line is the balls right it's right been, it's been it's been addressed that, that the balls are an issue because i think if you try to these guys are hitting home runs but but moose said it they're also striking out a ton andrew um so so what do you do with that these guys are throwing a hundred um you want to give the pitchers an advantage and i mean it you know, to, to change the sort of historic home run pace, I'm not sure what you can do there. I know they talked maybe about lowering velocity, which would, of course, uh, help the hitters. I just think from a technological standpoint, it's just more about uh, how things evolve. You know, it, it, we are seeing teams embrace uh, ultimately going against the grain. There are some teams last year, like the Oakland Athletics, who are having success again, who, may, who are finding guys who make contact. Uh, you know, in the past, they sort of, of course, with Sandy Alderson and then Billy Bean led kind of the the strikeout on base home run three true outcome revolution. The A's last year sort of, uh, you know, zagged whenever everyone else was zigging and and uh, and went for contact guys. So perhaps I, I think it's just going to be the ebb and flow. And as far as competitive balance goes, teams will will go back to what what other teams aren't doing to try to find that kind of competitive advantage. I think. I think though the uh, the biggest thing is, is trying to figure out a way to make these baseballs a little less bouncy. Um, but I don't. I'm not a big fan of messing with the, with the. I guess I guess to take it back to 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 uh, to your question, Andrew. I'm not really excited about messing, particularly with the distance. I know they they were planning on doing that in one of the independent leagues, and that seems pretty dangerous. The pitching distance, that is.
Right, where you're going to move the mound back, right? A couple feet. That's yeah. the, that's the one of the conversations. Uh, we're talking to Adam Fisher, uh, SNY MLB analyst, former executive uh, with both the Mets and, and the Atlanta Braves. Adam, if Brian Cashman called you uh, today and, you know, ask your opinion in terms of, I need a I need a starter that's going to get my team and put them over the hump and help deliver another championship to the Yankees. Looking at you know the lay of the land about who's available with the one trade deadline come July 31st. Which starter do you think that would be for the Yankees? Wow, that's that's a tough question. I I, I think well, there's there's one shining name out there. I I I think it would just be a ton of fun. This is more of a fan answer, but it'd be a lot of fun to see Madison Bumgarner with the Yankees. Um, I know that uh, Farhan Zaidi has has sort of thrown. Well, I think it's just posturing. He's talking about uh, he's talking about whether or not he's going to be be a, a seller at the deadline. They obviously just had a, a they had a good good stretch. I think where they were like fifteen and ten heading into the break, something along those lines. So so they're they're posturing a little bit. But but Bumgarner, even with a with a four ERA at this point. You could see a guy like that stepping up, and that's kind of the finishing piece that the Yankees could use to get them through the postseason. Uh, you know, some other names that, that have been bandied about. You, all, you wonder about the price also of these guys. See, Bauer's name got hot. Ken Rosenthal put that out yesterday. Uh, you've had Marcus Stroman, New York native. Uh, any of those three guys could, could certainly uh, help put the Yankees over the top through the playoffs. And, of course, a wild card. Uh, across town, Zach Wheeler uh, just hasn't. He had. I mean, as we know, uh, you know, as 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 New York uh, people here, um, he just hasn't been very consistent. But if you're looking for a guy with truly dominant stuff, probably the best. Uh, well, I, I think you can argue that the best stuff of those, those four that have been mentioned that's Zach Wheeler. So there are at least options for the Yankees. I wanted to ask you about Trevor Bauer, who you just mentioned, Adam, because the Indians, they go into the break. They've won six in a row. They're 12 games over 500. They have a wild card spot right now. They're within reach of the Twins in the Central. Can they trade Bauer as they make this push towards the postseason? It's, it's, really, in, it's really interesting. It's not something, of course, it, it, trying to contend while also building for the future. It, it, the, the Indians are in, in a unique spot. Uh, they, they obviously have, have issues with payroll and, and managing things. Um, they have to manage things very carefully as they move forward. We heard Bauer's name very, very heavily in the off season. And I think you could have asked the same question then, you know, why are they trying to trade this guy when they're legitimate contenders and they walked away with the central last year? It just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, that's, that's what it comes down to trying to find that balance and clearly they are they're thinking hard about it and making that calculation and and you know weighing that that present versus future uh they are at least in the position to make some hard choices just based on how successful they've been over the past couple of years they have some leeway i think to uh to to do that if if uh if they feel like perhaps it's it's not going their way this year, you know, that I, makes sense. when you look at uh, you know when you look at all these divisional races, you know the National League Central is fantastic, right? I mean, from top to bottom, everyone's separated by four and a half yeah. games. The next closest race is five. Now we're gonna have a great wild card race in both the American League and the National League, respectively. That's fantastic. But do you think Manfred looks at that as being a little troubled when he's looking at seven and a half, six, thirteen and a half? 
seven and a half, five and a half, six and a half, as far as being the separation between the division leaders and second place and all the other divisions? You know, it, it, it's not. I mean, coming off of off of all the talk the last two off seasons about competitive balance, teams not trying, all of that. I, I think. Uh, I think you. It's well. It doesn't seem like like it's that big a deal to 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 the head the heads of baseball. Would would you would you guys agree? No, I'd agree I mean, with we, that. Yeah, no, I I I don't disagree with that. I mean, it, it, because there's almost been this uh, either you know the haves and the have-nots. There seems to be more of a separation in Major League Baseball now more than ever. No. Yeah, no, there is, and, uh, and you know we talked about again. We talked about in the offseason teams trying and not trying. You've had you have a few surprise teams, but. But really, not that many, and and they haven't taken that. It hasn't really been anything that they've they've talked about addressing, and uh, it's been obviously a contention with with the CBA in terms of um, teams not going after free agents and the, and the players' association. I think that's that's something that they can address uh, or try to address in in this next CBA. But but as of now. Um, uh, they got their deal and and they're rolling with it and th- and this is what you get you get at least some some type of quasi tanking um, and teams making making choices to compete or not to compete and you know as as you said you're you're basically seeing it in the standings. Adam, uh, not to get too far away from right now, but it's been in my head since you said it, because it's been a battle for me personally as a lifelong baseball fan. How much longer do I have until the National League has the DH in your mind? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, well, I, this obviously was the closest we've ever come, legitimately acknowledging that it that it's it's going to happen or or very, very well could happen. It seems to me within the next within the next two to three years, I mean, they're implementing changes uh, very quickly, and there are certain things that they they can agree on. You know, the, the players' association and MLB. For me, uh, you know, you're from the players' association standpoint. Obviously, you're adding an extra hitter to right. the National League, so it's it's win-win, right? I mean, that that's where the the contention and the issue with a lot of these things always comes down to those two sides butting heads, and in this case. It's MLB who holds sort of the key to the candy store, and 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 um, and they've shown that they've been open to it, obviously. So it seems like it's coming soon. I, I'm not really sure. How do you, how do you guys feel about that? I'm 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 sort of torn on the whole thing. I really enjoy National League baseball, uh, but but I do think that the DH is is probably good for the game in the long run with regard to injuries and. Uh, overall entertainment for for the younger generation. Well, you're, I, I at least I'm a lifelong National Leaguer, so I grew up when my eight hitter was my no hit shortstop, and then my <laughs> and then I had oh, my yeah. pitcher. So I had like the, you know I'm used to the last yeah. two spots in my lineup being basically useless until it got back to the top of it. <laughs> right. So I would like right. my first thought is no way it can't happen, and I would miss like uh, double switches are fun and running out of position players and like pinch running a pitcher it's in a in a 13 inning game like. I'm all for that. That's baseball to me. But the other side of it also almost makes too much sense. Like, the, there's no reason why they, the two leagues should be different. It just, like, it doesn't, like, that to me is an overriding piece of logic. I like, the like they should be though. the same. But they're not, but that's now the only separation now. 
No, I, I get and it. And it's but just I, almost for fun. But, no, I get it. But I do like the fact that the National League is more of a thinking man's game as compared to the yeah, American because, League. Yeah, but switches. have a manager like, like Mickey Callow who can't think well, about double switches and then get back <laughs> yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's uh, – I, I agree with both of you guys on that one. I, I, lo- I like the thinking man's game, too. Um, I think it's really cool, but but yeah, having different rules, uh, it, it obviously creates creates competitive issues that we see every year in the playoffs, in, in, during interleague play. Uh, I, I, I yeah, that, it's why I'm torn because I really I really like the concept of National League baseball and 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 the strategy and all of that, and we're not seeing as much of that in the game now. And I mean, it goes kind of hand in hand with the homers. Um, but we're moving in that direction, and it just makes too much sense from a rules and competitive balance standpoint yeah. for me and, and making the players happy with another player. Uh, well, like you said, too, Adam, it's, it's good to have, I think, too, in your back pocket as a GM when you're signing guys uh, that at some point they can be your DH, and you can almost hide them there because their hitting will last, but their fielding will not. Or you know, it just to me, it gives you a, a, another layer of flexibility when you're roster building as well. Definitely. It's, it's, an, it's a way to build depth, uh, you know, on your roster. I mean, we, we you look at the Mets and Wilson Ramos, right? I mean, if they, if they had the DH, they'd, they'd have more options to be able to do things with him. Uh, that, that's just one example. But when you're signing, when, when you have four outfielders, four worthy outfielders, I mean, the Mets are a great example, really. Uh, you, you're talking about situations in the past where they've had four worthy outfielders, the the dream of UN assessment is ever coming back was going to create a problem. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the Cubs anymore, are too. I think if the Cubs but... could DH Kyle Schwarber, yeah, you know, things would, would be yes. different. Or like, you know, the, the, yes. it also gives you, you know, you're worried about days off and maybe missing your favorite player when you go see a game. But if you've got the DH, I mean, the Astros do it all the time where Altuve and Spring, like all those guys will rotate through DH and it's like a half day off. So at least I go and now I'll see him. It might not be in the field, but it like, if you go to a Met game, you'll yeah. at least see three Alonzo at bats because his day off now could be as the DH, not sitting on the bench the whole time. Absolutely, no. Uh, that it makes it makes too much sense from that standpoint, and it is it is a factor in team building. It's a slight disadvantage, I think, for the National League. You uh, know, there there there's no doubt that that you can more easily build depth in that regard. And if you take the Astros' approach, you don't necessarily have to worry as much about burning a roster spot on a true DH. You know, you know at the very at the very least, it also gives you the flexibility to build the roster you you, you know the, the way you want. I think. Adam, final one for me, and and that is uh, you mentioned about Callaway. A lot of rumors in terms of you know his future after this season. Uh, it doesn't look uh, to be all that kind for Mickey, but a lot of reports about Buck Showalter, Joe Girardi. The Mets uh, potentially uh, pursuing those two guys with, with kind of the managerial responsibilities changing and it all being collaborative. You see, you know, the Mets of organization you're very familiar with, you know, spending and also bringing in guys that are kind of old school guys and Girardi and Showalter. Gee, you know, I, I think you got to throw everything on the table when you're talking about a managerial search, taking those names out of it. I mean, perhaps Girard- Girardi's been through New York. He, I think both those guys, though, for old school guys, do have do have some new school leanings. That's particularly, fair. Particularly, you know, you know that, that that I think they they've been heavily invested in statistics and all that stuff throughout kind of their managerial careers. But I, 
Gee, I, I just think that you you throw every name on the table. Look, last time we got Mickey Calloway, and as much as we want to sort of we could dog the process, I at the time I was with the Braves, and Mick, I can tell you as as an as an observer in baseball, Mickey Calloway was perhaps the hottest name out there. I mean, it wasn't just with the media. This guy was, you know, was a meteor at the time, which is crazy when you see kind of how it's gone down in New York um, and all of the missteps. But I only highlight that just to say how sort of precarious the, the managerial search and the process can be. It's not an easy process. You, you interview a guy and uh, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with managing. So I, 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 at the end of the day, I guess what I'm saying is this. I think you want to throw out as many – if you're going to have a managerial search – you want to throw out as many names as possible. You want to talk to as many people that you're comfortable with and drill down. This is certainly important. You whiffed on the last one. Uh, and Girardi and Showalter are guys who've been in New York. They've been in high-pressure situations. They've been in big, you know, big, big, uh, big markets. Uh, and why not talk to them? That's a big part of being the manager in New York. That uh, that being said, I'm not I'm not that excited about either of them anyway, particularly Showalter and how things ended for him in Baltimore. Adam Fisher, SNY MLB analyst, uh, former executive with the Mets and the Braves. Fish, we appreciate the time this morning. We really do, and, and enjoy the All-Star game tonight, all right? All right, thanks. You too, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.